When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Lizzie Mathis, and you're listening to the Cool Mom Code Podcast, where motherhood is your key card to the coolest spot in town. This week, we're so excited to host Vani Hari as our special guest. Vani is a trailblazing food activist, co-founder of the organic food brand Truvani, and through her website, The Food Babe, she empowers individuals with the knowledge of what's truly in our food. This mom of two is truly changing the food game. Join us in this interesting, candid conversation as Vani shares insights on embracing an organic, healthy lifestyle and so much more. Vani Hari is in the chat, ladies and gentlemen. I am so excited to talk to you. I mean, you don't really have any idea. You are one of those people that would never assume, like I, you would never assume that I would think of you kind of like as a mini celebrity, but you kind of are. I mean, you are goals in so many ways. Let me just get everyone up to speed so they know who you are. Okay, Bonnie. Okay. So Bonnie is not only a food activist, a New York Times bestselling author. She's also the co-founder of Truvani and of course, the founder of foodbabe.com. And she has a very well-known Instagram platform called The Food Babe. And I just think the information you give is so wildly important for especially parents and anyone who really cares about eating or what they put in their mouth to read about. So let's start this off correct. I've never met you. And a lot of the guests that I have come on, I've met before. So I really am a blank slate with you in so many ways. I I'm interested to hear so much about your story and where this was started and how you even got the idea for this. So I just want to know, where are you from originally? I'm I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina, but okay. both of my parents are from India. Okay. Okay. And so they came, they came here in the 1960s. And when they got here, my dad had been living here for a couple of years, went back to get an arranged marriage with my mother, brought her back literally the weekend after she got married, they like paid someone to get passports for her, like whatever, right? Got her to the United States. Like she never even went back to like clean up her like bedroom or anything at her like childhood home. It was crazy. And my dad's like, if we're going to live in America, we're going to eat like Americans. And he introduced her to a McDonald's hamburger. That's how like pro-American my dad was at the time. Like he was just so... He just wanted all the opportunity here. And he's yeah. actually the the first person out of my entire lineage to come to America. And he's brought literally every single aunt and uncle, grandma, everyone here to the United States. So they all lived at like my house at one point growing up. And what a story. Hold on. Wait a minute. Don't <laughs> skip over this. Okay. So you, your father and mother have an arranged marriage. Mm-hmm. They both come to the United States. Your father wants to acclimate in some way. So he dives into this American diet. Mm-hmm. 
there must be, this is, this is, this is, um, conflict though, right? Because even for him to have an arranged marriage and to still bring over so much family and so many aunts, uncles, cousins, the whole gamut, there is still this strong attachment to obviously himself and his culture and preserving that, right? Yeah. So why this fascination with American food, if we're preserving who we are? He felt like it was so readily available and it was mm. so fast and so cheap. And he was used to seeing his mother spend all day in the kitchen, making everything from scratch and going to the farmer's markets and like going to the village cow and milking it herself and like doing all of this work to get yeah. food ready for him every single day. And he's like, you could just go through a drive through at McDonald's and, oh, look, our kids, they can color like a coloring page on Mother's Day and Father's Day, and they can get a free pancake breakfast. That's what I grew up on. How did your mom feel about this? Because your mom, like, listen, I, now I know a woman of the household and food and what she's feeding her kids is very important. And especially food is so, and the reason why I get, I'm into this, because this is interesting that you started with this, is that food is so tied to who we are. You know, a lot yeah. of what we eat and a lot of what we put in our mouths and a lot of what we will spend our time in the kitchen making is so intricately tied to who we are as people and to our culture and where we come from. So how did your mom feel about this new way of eating? So my mother, you know, grew up in a very, was a very patriarchal society. Mm -hmm. So even though my mom wanted to cook homemade Indian food, which she did for herself and my dad. The fact that me and my brother kind of rebelled against that because my dad was so pro, like just eat because it's available and it doesn't matter what you're eating. And he was, he was, he was like, it doesn't, we just got to feed the kids. Like, it's not about the nutrition or it's not about like eating Indian food or preserving this culture. It, he was very adamant in the fact that you fed your kids, they had enough food, and then they moved on to their studies, right? Mm. It was like math and science in my house. They're both teachers. So they yeah. were, you know, that was very important in my household. And so I, when I wanted to be in the kitchen looking at what my mother was doing, my father was like, get out of here. We mm. don't want you to cook and learn all this stuff. Like we want you to learn math and science. So you get a good I job see. and can survive, right? Because they came here with nothing and they felt like academics and you know, thriving and having a career was the most important thing for me and mm -hmm, not mm -hmm. to learn life skills. Now I'm undoing all of that with my own kids. I'm like, get in here, you know, get in this kitchen. Let's make something, right? I can understand they come from a time where it wasn't about the domestic skills of a woman, right? Like they were ingraining in something in you differently, which is interesting because now you've literally created an entire business and an entire platform around food. And so the way you were able to do it was in a very non-domesticated way. You, yeah. you know what I mean? It was in a yeah. very, I'm not just in the kitchen cooking food and milking cows all day long, <laughs> right? Right. I'm doing this in a way of I can take this to the next level and really teach, which you, you came from a line of teachers and really teach people and the people who follow you how to better themselves. So that's very interesting. This is full circle, Bonnie. This yes. is, yeah. this is, yeah. what's interesting to me is that everything always plays a part. There are no coincidences in my opinion, right? I don't yes. believe that anything is on accident, but I just love like connecting those dots. And so for you, those dots were connected. Where and where 
was it in your journey where you were like, okay, this isn't okay what I'm eating? And where was it in the journey with your parents? And if did they ever change or or feel that way? You know, as I was growing up and eating this lifestyle, you know, we just, we were like the only Indian family on the block. So we just wanted to fit in. Mm-hmm. And so when we were celebrating Thanksgiving and, you know, traditional holidays that they had never, you know, celebrated before, they were going to the supermarket and getting the stovetop stuffing full mm-hmm. of all the different additives and chemicals, right? They were getting the Pepperidge Farm bread, um, bread, what, what are they called? The breadcrumbs and like uh-huh. all the things that you make the stuffing with. And then I'm thinking about like the cranberry sauce in the can and yes. all of that stuff, right? Like they were just, they were like, oh, it's all here. Like the whole right. Thanksgiving meal, I'll just buy it in a package and prepare it at home. And so my mom didn't have those traditional recipes that were like brought down generation after generation. She knew how to cook Indian food, which mm-hmm. now it it is one of my biggest regrets in life not really experiencing that for most of my childhood because now when people ask me like what's your favorite restaurant where you live and I'm like it's my mom's house like she makes the best Indian food ever right and I want to go there and so and this just makes me it makes me so sad that for so part so much part of my life that I preferred all of this hyper processed food but now through the research and the information that I've learned about the food and how it's produced today, all the industrial industrialized uh, ultra processed food, it's created to create an addiction to it, right? Mm -hmm. It's created to hijack your taste buds in your brain so that you only want that food. And if you're not, if you're not eating real food, that's home cooked, and you're Mm -hmm. only eating processed foods and fast food, like I was, you're not going to like any other kind of food. And so when, when I was thinking about what I was doing, when I was writing my latest book, Food Babe Family, I was like, I have to put this information down for other families to know that like the picky eating that they see in their children can be undone. Like it's not like destiny. It's not permanent. Yes. It's not a label that they're going to have for the rest of their life. Right. And there's like such an amazing way out. And it actually feels a little bit more empowering knowing that there are people at play that are trying to make our kids picky eaters because they want us to go for the goldfish every single time at snack because they know our kids are going to eat it versus a blueberry where a blueberry could be sweet one day. It can be juicy the next day. It can be sour one day. Right. Right. And if your kids aren't exposed to that variety of real mm-hmm. foods, they're going to prefer and want that pack of goldfish every single time. Do you feel like, us- did you feel like with your kids that you had to start off early in order to not have these arguments or have to create like, <laughs> you know, cause what I say is like, I say this because the earlier you start, your kids only know what they know. You know what I mean? If they don't know it, unless they, until they get to school and they taste test or a birthday party, or, you know, I was obviously doing some research on you and your daughter's first birthday eating, you know, the sugar for the first time, you know, like that kind of thing. So is, did you start early enough and and consistent enough with your kids where you didn't have to have these arguments later on? Like some parents don't do that. And like you said, changing, then changing their food later on is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. No. So 
I was the food babe before, <laughs> before having kids, thankfully. So mm -hmm. I knew exactly how I wanted to teach them and raise them. And, you know, of course I wasn't a mother yet. I had no idea. Oh my gosh. All the, isn't it funny when you look back before you became a mom, like all the judgments you had. Oh my gosh. All the things. <laughs> and you're just like, you're just like, what the heck was I thinking? What was I thinking? And then for me, it's always like, how much time did I have? It's yeah. the time for me. I'm like, what was I thinking about all this stuff that you you do? You assume this is what motherhood is going to be like. And then for me, I'm like, how much time? My gosh, time was just like given to me. Yeah, that's that's what yes. I, my biggest thing. But okay, continue. Yeah, so you piece, you came in knowing before you were even a mom, you came in knowing exactly this is the palette that I want to like, you know, teach my children. This is what I want them to eat. This is what we already do. Right. And so I actually, in my new book, I go through actually what I did with both my kids, which was as much variety as possible, literally right. a different fruit and vegetable every single day in terms of like exposing them to it and getting them the most variety as possible, eating the rainbow, like making sure it's like not the same thing all the time. Mm. And like, and now even today when my, you know, my little one's two and my bigger one is six and a half, like we're eating something different every single day. I'm making a different vegetable every single day mm. so that it doesn't get not, boring. It doesn't get boring. And then they, they have such a wide palate so that I know they're getting the nutrition that they need. And, you know, when I, my daughter was 10 months old, I remember she was playing with the packages at a little convenience shop at the airport. I was on a business trip and she was with me and she's crawling. And of course she's gravitating towards all of those little crinkly packages like Skittles and Snickers. And, you know, then they had the cereals all, all laid out there, like the Lucky Charms and the Fruit Loops and all of that. And she's playing with these packages. And I just remember at that moment, taking an opportunity to tell her the truth about what she was playing with. This and is like I, 10 months. At 10 months old, I talked to her about the artificial food dyes that are linked to hyperactivity in children and they cause brain inflammation and eczema and asthma. And I told her about the BHT that's added to the packaging to preserve it and that it's linked to cancer and endocrine disrupting problems. Okay, wait a minute, Bonnie, hold on. Is this kind yeah. of like the conversation, you know what, it just a flash, a flash of it just for me was like, okay, is this kind of like the conversation you have about sex with your kids, right? Yeah. It's like, not to blow your mind, but babies don't come from storks, just so we're clear. But at 10 months, she's, yeah, is she's she getting you know, it? She's used to reading books about farm animals, right? At 10 yeah, months, she's exactly. used to reading books about farm animals. But like, we're reading books about the ABCs, right? Why can't we read books about the ingredients in food? Why can't they learn at that age? And, you know, they're not going to comprehend the mm -hmm. gravity or the impact or the risks that you're describing. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you, those ages between zero and seven, mm. you're molding your child into who they're going to be in life. Yeah. And you have this amazing opportunity now more than ever, because this information is actually available at our fingertips like never before. Mm -hmm. If we don't understand an ingredient on something we're eating, we can go to Google, Google that ingredient and find out why it's there. Is it yeah. there for a nutritional purpose? Is it there to make the food industry more money? Yeah. Like, is that something you want to be putting in your child's body? You know, this is my question. And I feel like as a parent, I try really hard. You know, I really do. I try hard to be responsible with what I feed them. I try hard to be responsible with what I feed myself. 
But Ronnie, I mean, as you know, you have two kids and you're working time. Time is of the essence, right? Who has time to go and research everything that you see? Even at the most healthiest of stores, there are still crap that's being sold to us. And that's just really kind of what food is in America, unfortunately. But how do we do the research and everything that you're saying when time, we don't have time? Yeah. And so I think that's where someone like me who has made it their mission mm-hmm. to in their life to like teach as many people the truth about food. And so like, I want people to be able to pick up like my latest book and mm-hmm. have a whole section. I mean, I have a whole, the f- whole first section is guidebook mm-hmm. on how I make it work as a family, what my schedule's like, what are the routines? Like, what are we doing? Like everything down to like how I'm serving the food. Like, what do I right. serve first? That's going to set up my diet, you know, my children's diet for success. And what are all the different processed foods that I do buy and that make my life easier and that are available out there to make getting dinner on the table faster for for moms out there that are busy like us? Because, you know, I have two businesses. I'm crazy. Yeah. But so important. And I want people to know that, like, this lifestyle is attainable. It's not like some pipe dream. It's not like some activist who, you know, is activist life that they, you know, put all of this as important above all. Mm-hmm. It's not about that. But when I think about what health is, like without health, we have nothing. Yeah, right? you're right. You're and right. I, health- I truly believe like without giving our children the best health that they can have, Mm-hmm. we are not giving them the ability to be the best people they can be in this life because their brains are not going to be working correctly. Right. They're not going to have the energy to do the things that they were meant to do on this earth. And they're not going to have the um, the health that's yeah. needed to, to make it happen. Well, you know, what's uh, fascinating is that it's not even just kids. I mean, it's us too, right? As women and as adults and, you know, for us to even function at our best, for you to be able to have two businesses and a, and being a parent and career this and, and all the things, it's like we have to be able to function at our best too. And let's just be honest, us as women, we have a lot of factors that we're fighting against, whether that be cancers, whether that be you know female hormonal issues, all these things that they say food is now plays such a, a role in. I think you're absolutely right in something that you just said. People have the misconception that healthy food has to take a long time and that fast food can't be healthy. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So, so this is another reason. It's just so funny because it all comes back to my new book, Food Babe Family. Like this is it. Like the recipes that I have in there are not Julia Child recipes, right? Mm -hmm. I don't want people going in the kitchen and spending three hours. I don't have the time to spend three hours to make real food, right? Like I just don't. So these are like the simplest, easiest, tastiest recipes that I am literally making in my kitchen every single day. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, I got on Instagram stories and I just shared like, guys, I've been in podcasts all day. My book's coming out next week. I have to make something for my family in 30 minutes. This is what I'm making. I'm going to show you right now. And I'm going to document it while I'm making it. And I, it was this beautiful dish of like white fish with, um, just a beautiful marinade of like lemon. It was so good. And like Mm -hmm. roasted cauliflower and these potatoes that were Greek that had like oregano and lemon on them. And the kids devoured it. It was like so awesome. I devoured it. My husband loved it. We ate as a family 
at yeah. the end of a crazy busy day, we're all eating the same meal. There's no right. short order cooking. Yes. And, yes. And it's like, you know, yeah, I would love to sit and make croissants from scratch and take three days to make the dough proof, but who has time for that? Right. right. Like right. these are recipes that are super fast, easy to make that you can make a lot of them in advance, which mm. is, is what saves my life is making breakfasts like big breakfasts on the weekends, on Saturdays and Sundays and freezing the leftovers yes. is what saves me. Like I'm making sweet potato pancakes and throw like all the rest in the freezer. And I bring out a couple each day before school and it's so easy. And then I make oatmeal almost every single day. And I've learned to make it in my crock pot the night before. And it takes less than 30 seconds. And you're having like organic steel cut oats, like the best kind of oats every single morning. So it's like available. It's hot. It's nice, especially when it's like cold in the morning. Like it's so awesome to have first thing in the morning. And then I can have time to warm up the other stuff for the kids or make them a smoothie or whatever else they want. Let's right? talk about how this even all came about though, because you know, you've been doing this for a while since 2011. This isn't anything new for you. You've been at this journey for, for quite a, a minute. Talk to me, was this your first career or what was the first thing that you did, you know, in your life, uh, in your professional world? Yeah. So I got a job working for a big consulting firm out of college. I graduated in computer science, a mm. master's in computer science. And I went and worked for this company where they would put these young folks like me that could figure out how to do things quickly and problem solve in front of these big C-level executives at all these banks. And they would charge the banks like three and $400 an hour and not pay us that. But, and, and we would bill hours and we would create documents. Like we would create all of these crazy documents. That's the best way to describe it. Like PowerPoints, documents, right? Just fancy presentations, right? Yeah. And, um, and I was traveling on the road on this expense account you know, I'm 22 years old. I have an expense account of like $70 a day on food and I can eat anywhere I want. I mean, we're eating the fanciest lavish food there is five course dinners, like, you know, getting catered in food every breakfast, lunch, and dinner so that we would work through those time periods. And so they could build more hours to the client. And during that time is where I hit rock bottom. I gained a lot of weight, felt really bad about myself, didn't have time to take care of myself anymore. I didn't know how to prioritize myself when I was in this very rat race lifestyle where everybody wanted to get promoted and make partner in this firm. And so, and I, again, going back to that roots of my parents in my head of like, you have to be successful. You need a 401k. You need to have a steady job. Need to be, you know, you need to excel at your career. I found myself like just breaking down. And it was a moment where I had a terrible pain in my side. I had just eaten a Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. And I went to the hospital and the doctor told me nothing was wrong. Go home. We think it's menstrual cramps or something like that. Take some Advil. You'll be fine. And the next day, my parents were like, you know, we think you should see someone else. You're still having this pain. Like this, this doesn't seem right. And so I went to my regular doctor and he's like, your appendix needs to come out right now. Like I'm, I'm going to, you know, refer you to a surgeon right now. And so I went into emergency surgery, had my appendix taken out and to recover from that surgery, 
because my body was so messed up at the time from the way I was treating my body and my lifestyle. It took me weeks. And I just remember it was over the holiday season and everyone's going to Christmas parties and having fun and dressing up. And you're 22 years old. Like you just want to go out and have fun. And I was like in a hospital room recovering and going like, this is not the life that I want to live. And so I started to treat my health like a debate round. And in high school, I was a number one tiered debater. I was recruited to college to go debate. I was number one in the state. And so I loved debating. And, and back then you learned, you know, the affirmative and negative of every situation. And then you didn't have Google. So you had to go to the library and look the microfiche and all the law journals and photocopy all this evidence. And you would have these huge tubs of evidence you would take to all of these debate tournaments of like to back up your argument. And so I started to like, make a case for my health, going to the library, checking out huge books on nutrition, trying to figure out why I was in the situation I was, how to lose the weight, how to feel better and healthy. I think my my first priority was probably losing the weight at that time mm-hmm. because it was mm-hmm. more about like looking good. Like when you're in your early 20s, you just want to look good, right? Of course. You're not so concerned about the health aspect, although that was on my mind too. And there was something around that time where my uh, my coworker, and again, I was still working, by the way, for this company in this rat race environment. And now I was coming back into work after having several weeks off. And all of a sudden I was bringing in my breakfast, lunch, and, and sometimes dinner. You know, I was taking off an hour to go to the gym in the middle of the day or going right before work. I started to create these habits that started to completely change my body and my life. And then when I started reading about what I was eating, what's in a Chick-fil-A sandwich, what's in a Subway sandwich when they say you're eating fresh, I started to discover that there are so many man-made chemicals in this food that wasn't serving a nutritional purpose to my diet or my body. It was there to make the food companies more money and for me to become addicted to this food. And it just really angered me and made me mad. And I started to like tell people about this. How long from that moment where you kind of had this little aha moment, right? The light bulb went off for you and you were like, no more, I'm not eating like this. How long did you, did you stay in that position? Because it was still the lifestyle, right? It was still traveling a lot. It was still long hours. It was still this whole corporate culture of trying to one up, one up, one up and food lifestyle having to be a part of that. You made that choice. When did you make the lifestyle choice to change? 10 years. It took 10 years. 10 years. Yeah, it took 10 years. I started Food Babe just for fun because people in my life started going, whoa, you have changed. You mm. look so different. Your skin looks different. Your body looks different. Like everything about you looks different from when I knew you. And what are you doing? We want to mm. know. And I said, okay, well, I'll share my recipes and my green drinks and everything that I'm doing. And I started to share that on Food Bay, but I remember I wanted to call it eathealthyliveforever.com. Yeah, and that's what I wanted like, to ask you. Where did Food Babe come from? Yeah, yeah they're like, my husband's like, that's an awful name. No one's going to remember <laughs> that blog. And I remember I gave up television for Lent, even though I'm not Catholic. I gave up television for Lent because I wanted to find time to blog. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to give up te- television. And I'm going to have this time after work to blog. And he came up with the name Food Babe because it was available $10 on auction on some website he was looking at. 
And I think it was some kind of other site before it was Food Babe, like the, the me, me, the Food yeah. Babe. Anyways, so he he bought it for ten dollars, and I was like, okay, all right. And I, and I felt a little funny calling myself the Food Babe, but I was like, you know, what is it? You know, well, like, what if we just like teach people how to become a Food Babe, right? And so for the first year and a half of the blog, I never had my photo on the header of the blog. It was like these three cartoon characters. No one knew who Food Babe was, really, unless you knew me personally. And so every blog post, I never put my real name. I just put Love Food Babe. Like, ah, that's all I would do. Yeah. And um, and I would kind of hide behind this persona. And it, it was like an alter ego, if, if you will. And so um, it allowed me to stay very professional in my corporate career, but also like this passion that I had for teaching people the truth about food started to come out in this blog. And when, and I just remember, I thought it was like my mom and my close friends and maybe a couple of their friends, like following along and some of my coworkers who, you know, understood who I was like deep down in the core, like, you know, you sit next to people in cubicles, they get to know who you are. They see you bringing in your food. They see all these weird habits. You're, you're, um, you're doing and, and they, they start to wonder about you and they ask questions and then you start, you start to become friends with the people that, you know, are a little bit different too. And they start yeah. to like wonder. And I just, so, so certain people knew about it. And then I just remember it must've been, it's probably this yogurt article I wrote about, there was an organic yogurt place that had opened up at the mall. And I remember my coworker telling me about it. And I was like, what? Organic yogurt in Charlotte? <laughs> like, I don't even believe it, right? And have you, grown, have you grown up in California your whole life? No, I'm originally from Detroit. You, oh, yes. I love this about you. I knew this about you. Yeah. I remember hearing this before, because this is why I love you so much, because Detroit is what changed me, by the way. I started Food Babe when I was working in Detroit. No way. Monday through Thursday, every single day in Detroit. And I found some of the most amazing cafes there to eat at. Do you remember In Season? I don't know if you ever ate there no. in Royal Oak. Oh, yeah. I think so. Yes. I love Royal Oak because yes. they have all One the stuff. My favorite. Oh, well, it's Royal Oak. It's amazing. And, um, and I found the most amazing people there that taught me about food at the time. And I shared a lot of that stuff on the blog at that time. But that's when I started Food Babe when I was in Detroit. Get out of here. Yes. Yes. That is so I was there funny. Four days a week. <laughs> that is amazing when you said that you came up with the name Food Babe and you were like, but I'm not a babe. I don't think of myself as a babe. That's exactly what I thought when I started the Cool Mom Co. I was like, I don't necessarily think of myself as like the coolest mom, but you know what? I'm going to try and show other people how to be cool. So I love this idea of you showing other people. When, when I saw that you had started this podcast and you called it the Cool Mom, and I was just like, I have to be on that podcast. I I have to be a cool mom. Like I was just like, if she says yes, I'm going to feel like so amazing. Like when you, you have no idea you, how happy I was. I was like, I get to be on the cool mom podcast. You know what? You're one of the coolest moms out there though. This is the beauty I think in having these platforms that we're able to create, right? It's because for me, the biggest joy I have is being able to tell someone like you, your story, the fact that you're, you're able to share how you got started and all these facts. And you share so much with people that will help them benefit their lives, whether it's your pod, whether it's your, uh, 
Instagram, whether it's your website, whether it's your book now that it's coming out, guys, it is coming out. By the time you see this, it is on the shelves. So you need to go out and get it. It has a lot of information in it. Um, but yeah, that's what I love. So I, I think you and I are very similar in that respect where, you know, it's just about showcasing and really giving credit and like, Hey, this is, this is information you'll want to know. And so many people will watch this and be so inspired by you, Bonnie. And that's what I love about it. Um, okay. So wait a minute. So you're, you're, you're doing this, you're four days in Detroit. You started food, babe is husband on board with this or is he like, what is this that we are doing now? What do you mean we can't have Pizza Hut? What do you mean, you know, we're only eating well, this type of food? So remember that time where I had appendicitis in, the, in that month I came back to work? I met mm -hmm. him a month later. <laughs> so I met him a month later. And you know how I know he was going to always love me? It's because he, he started dating me when I was, you know, when I was overweight, you know, when yeah. I hadn't really got myself back together yet. I know he'll always love me like, because, you know, he, it wasn't the best version of Bonnie at that time. It was the time period of like Bonnie discovering her health. And so he's actually the one who I believe has inspired me somewhat the most in terms of understanding the importance of real home cooked food. He always valued home cooked food over anything he could eat out. He always thought whatever he made at home was so much better and so much tastier. And the fact that he would yell at me when I would make something and I'd say, gosh, doesn't it taste like a restaurant made it? Because uh, I wasn't a cook, right? Yeah. I had to teach myself how to cook in That's my early right. 20s. And That's so, right. You know, he would watch the Food Network with me and like we'd do stuff together in the kitchen and he introduced me to oatmeal. I had never had oatmeal in my life before meeting him. You know, at 22 years old, meeting, you know, having oatmeal for the first time. That is so interesting. Okay. You know, I love this though, because when you think about the beginning stages of a relationship, especially with your future husband, it is such a pivotal point in even in, in that time in your life, anybody, right? When they're meeting that person that they're going to spend the rest of their life with. And so for this to be, also at the same time, not just a pivotal moment in your relationship of getting to know this other person, this is a pivotal moment in your growth individually for yourself. And at the same time, you are also, you also have this other person who you are getting to know and learning about, and they're learning about this new you that you're creating. And I feel like what a foundation you guys must have just, just had to let that be, yeah. to let that be the moment in yeah. time that you guys connected. I mean, he's, He's definitely more, I would say he's not as passionate about <laughs> what, you know, what I'm doing, but I'm saying like, in terms of like being on board of eating real food, like he's right there. You know, there'll be those times where he'll eat, he'll drink that Coca-Cola that you can buy that doesn't have the high fructose corn syrup, like the special, you know, international Coca-Cola. And I look yeah. at him and I go, I cannot <laughs> believe you're drinking that. Right. Like those will be those times that that happens. And I'm just like, angry inside, but he knows it's like once in a blue moon and he's of just course. like fine with that. And does so, he let you, does he let you just kind of like take the lead? Like you got this, Bonnie, you take the lead. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. I trust he you. He lets me take the lead, and, but he's also a great cook. So that's yeah. what's beautiful too. Is oh, that I love that. He, he's making dinner right now. <laughs> I would look, that's, that's a good man right there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The way you yeah. guys met, he's in there cooking dinner. Like you keep this one because <laughs> 
I am literally every day. I'm like, come on, Issa to my husband. Come on, let's let's try and do something. He's like, no, mm -mm, the kitchen gives me hives. No, no. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So I love that. All right. I want to ask you a few more things because I know, you know, I know we're both very busy, but there are some other questions that I really want to like get into you. And I know you talk about this a little bit in a book, but what does a day in the life look like for you and your family? eating wise? Like, what do you guys wake up for breakfast? It's busy. It's the morning time. Everyone's trying to get where they need to go. Kids, husband, you let's do it. Come on Monday morning. What are we eating? So Monday morning, I've got that crock pot going in the night. Took me 30 seconds. We're doing that oatmeal first thing in the morning. I grind flaxseed every week and keep a big jar in the refrigerator. So I'll put flaxseed on top of that, some fresh berries. Peaches have been in season lately. So I've been doing peaches and then we all eat that that's like our first course now if the kids are still hungry then I warm up some pancakes or waffles you know frozen that are in the freezer Mm -hmm. or I'll make a smoothie and they love smoothies and a lot of times I'll put yogurt avocado spinach almond butter those are kind of like my four things that I add to like whatever fruit we have like frozen Mm -hmm. fruit we have I love like the the mixed berry we call it the cherry berry smoothie. I they love, love that. And they they eat it up. And they put a banana in there. And like you can't even taste any of the vegetables in there or even the yogurt. You can't even taste any of it. It's just delicious. Let's just break down the day. We have breakfast. We have first snack around 9.30 or 10. Uh-huh. Then we have lunch. Then we have second snack. Then okay. we have dinner. And then you have, you know, last chance snack, right? Oh, I like yeah. this. Okay. We so- have last chance snack. So so the first snack of the day is usually always some kind of fruit or vegetable. Um, I love that because that's actually something I learned from my daughter's Montessori school. You were only allowed to bring in a fruit or vegetable. Um, and that's all they were allowed to have for their snack. I'm like, that should just be our standard, you know? And so we just make that standard at, how, at our house. So then at lunchtime, my daughter's having her packed lunch that I made in the morning during that breakfast period. Mm-hmm. I'm usually, you know, one of her favorite lunches right now is making, uh, I, I buy this organic cheese and spinach tortellini. Um, okay. And it's in the refrigerator section at Whole Foods. I think the brand is called Artazna or something like that. You can freeze it. So you don't always have to have like fresh made available one, you can freeze it and it takes four minutes when it's frozen. So I boil that first thing in the morning, put it in a thermos with a little sauce. Then I'm roasting her whatever vegetables she likes. I do different vegetables each time, cauliflower, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, whatever. I'm putting that in her lunchbox along with dried fruit. We get dried fruit from this company called, or not a company, but it's a farm in California. It's called Frog Hollow Farm. They have the best dried fruit on the planet. Oh, okay. So, so good. And um, they'll ship it to you wherever. And so, or, or we'll make the homemade fruit leathers from the cookbook. And I'll put some of that in there as like the treat kind of situation. And then we'll do like cucumbers or other kind of fruit for snack that she has at school. And then, and then my son, he's still at home. He's, he's not at school yet. So every single day I have lunch with him. So for him, he's having a similar lunch and sometimes I'll make double in the morning. So I'm making, I'm packing her lunch. Then I'm just putting his like in the fridge and I'll warm it to up. The side. Yeah. yeah. And then oh. for lunch for me, every day is a smoothie. So I nice. just, that's where I get my big dose of vegetables. I put celery, cucumbers, all the greens from my raised beds that I have in my front yard. I'm, I'm grabbing it every single day. Mm-hmm. And then um, I'm putting Truvani protein powder, Truvani collagen, and 
um, lemon. I put fresh lemon and ginger. That's like mm. my go-to smoothie. I have that recipe actually in Food Babe Family for <laughs> okay. all the moms, yes, right? Yes. So that's my go-to smoothie. And then I'm having that smoothie. He's maybe drinking the rest of his smoothie from the morning too with his di- lunch. And so we have lunch every single day. Then he goes for nap for the next yeah. two hours. That's when I get all my work done. <laughs> please tell me, please tell me for dinner, you make one meal. Oh, one For meal everybody. every time. Okay. Everybody. Nice. Okay. Everybody. We're the same yes. way. Okay. Yes. Every single time we are sitting together as a family. Tonight, it's a stir fried chicken with ginger uh-huh. and this teriyaki sauce that comes from uh, Coconut Bliss or Co- Coconut, what's the company? Uh, it's in the book. Okay, but, nice. Um, also, Big Tree Farms makes the same kind of teriyaki sauce. Not only are you giving recipes, you are also sharing with people products that you use or, yes. you know, that you guys consume as a family that are safe yeah. and healthy and the least amount yeah. of bad things in it. Right. Yeah. Like all, I share all the brand names because I want it to be practical so that people Great. can go find these awesome products. Because there's so many good companies that yeah. are making quote unquote processed products, but with real ingredients and not the chemicals. And so like side by side compared to what we're used to or what I've grown up on, it's totally different nutritional profile. And so there's an opportunity for moms to like not have to make all of their pasta sauce from scratch or, you know, have to make their pizza dough. Like you can do these different shortcuts and get these companies that are doing amazing things. One company I want to mention, and I have no affiliation with majority of the products actually in Food Babe Family, except for Trubani, which of I course. own. So, yeah. um, but, uh, there's this company organic bread of heaven, which is amazing. They're a company, I think they're in like Illinois or Indiana, they're Indiana, I think. And they will ship you the most amazing sourdough products that are oh, all wow. organic ingredients. And so you can get tortillas that are made by hand. You can get buns and little slider buns and all sorts of things. And so I get a whole loaves of sourdough bread shipped from them. I don't have to make bread from scratch. That's great. It's in my freezer whenever I'm, you know, need to use it. And I love their little dinner rolls that I use for slider buns. And we make like mini turkey burgers in that. We'll use it for sloppy joes. We'll use it for, um, uh, little sandwiches. I put my lunch, uh, school lunches for, for Harley, my daughter. So it's having the resources. I think when you have the resources, it doesn't feel as overwhelming and it doesn't feel as hard to maintain and do. Would you rather shop at the grocery store or would you rather shop at the farmer's market? I like both. I have Mm. to be honest. I mean, I love the farmer's market because it's like all the fresh produce and vegetables, but like they don't last like that long. So like, you can't like, go to the farmer's market and like load up and have to go back again in a back. Like, you know what I mean? So you have to keep like replenishing the fresh fruits and vegetables. Like that's the, the plight I think of my, my lifestyle is like replenishing the fresh fruits and vegetables before they go bad and like eating them, making sure you, you have a rotation and you're doing a meal plan. So you eat what you buy, but then also I love stocking up on all of the amazing processed or, you know, you know, like helpful, um, products that you can have in your kitchen. Like instead of making your own ketchup, like in my first book, I had like, here's a, here's a recipe for ketchup. Do you really got to do that every time? Yeah. No, you don't. And so like you go buy primal kitchen ketchup that's, that's right. without sugar, that's I organic, 
but you buy it by the truckload because everybody likes it these days. Yeah. You can't find it always, right? And then so I want my pantry stocked with like 10 of those so that right. there's no temptation of like we run out of ketchup and the only one available at the store is Heinz with high fructose corn syrup. Exactly. So you pre you pre almost buy so you can always have that supply and you're never like right. we have to now go to the things that we don't love. Yeah. 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 Exactly. That's that's how you do all the research for this? I mean, to be honest with you, this is a very well-researched page and site. How, how do you even keep up with all this research? So because I'm passionate about it, I love doing the research and looking into the different things, but I also, you know, since starting, I hired a full-time researcher who's yeah. on the team as well. Her name is Pam and she's been with me for almost like eight years now. Let's just give um, a round of applause to Pam. Thank yes. you, Pam. Yeah, Thank so you. she helps me back up all of the things that I'm saying and finding the links and the resources. And she's mm -hmm. the person who did all of the editing and the double checking of my cookbooks and my other books. And so like she, she literally is like my right-hand woman. I just yeah. love her. And then I have one other person on my team too, Kim, that I want to mention. And she's the person that photographs all of the rest. Oh, she makes it look good. So she is incredible. She's an amazing photographer and food stylist. And I'm telling you without those two ladies, Food Babe would not be what Food Babe is. So I, it's, I'm not a single, you know, person here doing it all by myself. Like I don't want anyone to ever think that look so. some some people are but it does take a team and i think that's yeah. you know that's important you know and i think it takes a passionate team people who believe in the mission and what you are doing as well it takes having those people on your side to make it to make it work to make the wheel run what are um what are some places or restaurants that you will never ever eat at anything fast food really i mean you know i'll eat a chipotle Mm -hmm. I'll eat a Chipotle. Um, you would never see me at McDonald's, Wendy's, Burger King, Taco Bell. You would never see me at any of those places. Okay. Never what, do if, what about this whole new trend of vegan fast food? You know, that's popular here in LA. There's like, <sighs> you know, we have like Veggie Grill. We have Mick Charlie's. We have um, Kevin Hart just opened up Heart House, which is like a whole like, you know, vegan fast food. How do you feel about vegan fast food? So you guys are in a very interesting microcosm, okay? Yes. If there's any place I would want to live and have access to the best food on earth, it would be either LA or like someplace in Italy, okay? Right. Yeah. <laughs> or France, right? It would be like those three places. That's right. it. Right. So, um, so you guys have really good, healthy fast food available. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm thinking about like all the different cafes that I've been to in LA that, um, and I, I'm just like, I'm, I'm losing my mind in terms of it. I mean, you just go to Erwan, right. And you yes. can eat anything there. It's and true. so it's, it's, you know, you guys have in, in, in all of these new places that are opening up, I would definitely question the ingredients. I wouldn't just mm. take it for like the healthy marketing, right? I would go beyond and see and ask what are the ingredients. And I did this recently for Flower Child. You guys have Flower Child there. Mm. Um, it's a it's a it's a great chain, and they opened one up here in Charlotte. And I wanted to know, like, wait a minute, do we have one here? I think you do. I think you. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to yeah, look yeah. it up. It's great. It's delicious. And um, if you don't have one, you guys should have one soon. I would imagine, but. It's it's fantastic. And um, I was calling them and I was like, 
getting all the ingredients in their like hummus and you know, I want to see, are they using soybean oil and canola oil in their hummus? Or are they using real olive oil? Well, they're right. using real olive oil. And it was fantastic to know that. So mm-hmm. um, there are chains doing the right thing. And I would say that's one chain that's doing the right thing. Would you recommend? Okay. So would, this is a great question. I'm a consumer. I'm a mom. I'm trying to move fast. I'm thinking of taking my kids to one of these fast food chains that are vegan. Maybe they're healthier, quote unquote. Would you recommend me just calling them up and being like, hey, yeah, what yeah. do or you- asking them- or just before you order, say, hey, could you tell me the ingredients in this? Mm, okay. And they should give it to you or to let you know. And, and I think the most concerning thing that happens when you eat out is the oils that they're using. Right. Because you want to avoid cottonseed, soybean, canola, and corn oil as much as possible. Because these oils, the way they're produced, they're deodorized, they're bleached, they're extracted with chemical solvents like hexane mm. that actually remain in the oil. The FDA doesn't even test the, the oh. hexane residue that remains. It's linked to cancer. So this is something we really want to avoid. Plus, it's very high in omega-6. It's been genetically engineered to, to withstand heavy doses of Roundup glyphosate, which is also linked wow. to cancer. And that's why they're saying that these seed oils really turn on cancer cells in your body. And the reason why we've had an increase of cancer in the last 30 to 45 years. So it's, wow. it's this situation that we want to avoid. And so when you go out to eat, try to ask for it to be cooked in olive oil, pure olive oil, or butter is a great option. Mm. If, if you're vegan, I know that's tough. Coconut oil is a great option if you're vegan. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I want people to avoid is avoid the fake meats. The vegan yeah, meat. Interesting. Here we go. They are so overtly processed. This is I mean, not real food anymore. This is what they tell us. They tell us that, hey, a vegan burger or a vegan, you know, sausage link or whatever it is, is better for you, especially if you're a vegetarian or, you know, if you're a vegan, is better for you than meat. What do we do? Yeah, I wouldn't. No, most of these processed products have been made with genetically engineered ingredients are doused with so many different chemicals, the same chemicals they use in other processed products to create that hijacking of the brain chemicals to make you remember the flavor, taste the flavor. They're adding natural flavors, quote unquote, which is an ingredient that can mean thousands of different chemicals behind that one name because the FDA doesn't regulate it. So they're adding all of these additives into those products to make them taste like meat. Yeah. And it's a fake product. So about- if you're vegan or vegetarian, what I love to do is like make a burger from like black beans and quinoa yeah. and sweet potatoes and like real food. Mm-hmm. And then you're in nuts and seeds. And so you're getting a wide variety. You're getting the protein from the beans. You're getting the fiber, et cetera. You know, you're getting the nutrition as opposed to like this laboratory created meat, which a lot of it's starting with pea protein. And I don't think pea protein's bad. Hello, Truvani is right. organic pea protein, right? But the pea protein combined with all of the additives is not the way to go in terms of, I, I think, in terms of long-term nutrition in a vegan or vegetarian person. What about tofu? How do we feel about that? I think it's great. I okay, think great. it's a it's one of the non most non-processed forms of soybeans and if you get organic and sprouted which uh removes the phytic acid you're eating something amazing. I love wow. tofu. I think it's Okay, great. so organic for sure and sprouted yes. tofu. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. got it. Cuz tofu you could do a lot of things with. You can kind of oh, you yeah. know, you can ground it, you can 
do it in blocks. I love cubes. air frying it. Oh, I air fry good. it. It's the, I'll, you know, I'll make little tofu cubes. The other day I didn't, I never, never did this. And the other day I shredded it, you know? And I was like, oh. I love this. I just, it was just a different what did texture. You put it, in? it was like, I think I put it in like tacos or something. Like I used oh, it yum. almost as like a taco meat, but just shredding that. that, you know, the block of tofu. And it was awesome. This is something I thought about because I, love to not only have people over, but also go over people's homes. And I love to like cook for them. And, you know, I just love to share my food and experience and all that. I thought, oh my God, if Vani ever came over, I'd be so nervous just because of choices. So do you, are your friends and families, are they hard? Do they, do they get nervous to host you? Like if there's a birthday party or whatever, they're like, oh my God, Bonnie's coming. Hold on guys. You got to hide all of the, (laughs) you got to hide all the packaged snacks or how do you feel? How do your friends and family? It's funny. Yeah. So, so my friends and family, if there's, it's so funny. So, uh, they know who I am, right? Like they're, I leave oh. it all out on, oh, on the internet. They, they know, know who, who you are. But they, they know who I am. So a lot of times if, if they're off protocol, like <laughs> if they're not doing the food bay protocol, they tell me in advance. It's really hilarious. So they're like, hey, we're having a little brunch at the house, a little boozy adult brunch. And just a heads up, my husband got Bojangles and, <laughs> uh, and just you know, hey, but we also got bagels over here and some other stuff. I just want to let you know in advance. Like, right. for, and for everyone who doesn't know what Bojangles is, it's fried chicken, biscuits, like that kind of idea. So fried oh, MSG. I, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, yeah, it is. I mean, that's hilarious though, because that's the first thing I thought about. I was like, I wonder if her friends like, like announce it or do they just hide it? Or they're just like, oh, not today, Bonnie. Maybe this is a bad week or what do they do? But that's interesting. I love that. It's, it's the <laughs> you know, honesty. And- Yeah. Yeah. They're usually honest with me, which is so great. And you know, the time periods where like I'm invited somewhere, it's so funny because everyone thinks that like this lifestyle isn't fun and I don't eat like all the yummy foods out there, the pizzas and the the cakes and all that kind of stuff. I eat it all. I just like it to made with like real food ingredients, right? Like you still can like live this lifestyle and have fun and have all the fun things to eat out there, but it just can be made with real ingredients. And when I go to a party, I just love bringing a dish. I just love bringing food and bringing a dish. And when my kids are, you know, going to different birthday parties, we kind of have like a, a little discussion ahead of time. And I share some of the stories actually in the book. Tell me, wait a minute, break the tea. What do you do at birthday parties? Yes. Yes. So we have a discussion ahead of time. We're a family that avoids artificial food dyes. So if my daughter sees cupcakes that have all the artificial food dyes on it, she'll ask me like, she goes, mom, is it okay if I just take the icing off and eat the cake? I'm like, sure. That's great. That's a great option. And I kind of like let her lead now that she's old enough to kind of make these decisions. And then if she notices there's a situation where it's going to be really crazy, she'll kind of ask me, mom, do you have like an alternative? And a lot of times I'll just try to like throw alternatives in my bag, you know, yeah, just peanut butter cups, something that's being different. prepared. So that she feels like she's still having a treat and she's enjoying life, but she doesn't have to necessarily eat what the other kids are eating. The biggest question I get from her that's the hardest to answer is, mom, why don't their parents know? Oh, why don't? And that's one of the hardest things to answer every single time, because I don't want her to ever shame another child for their choices. And so it's been an ongoing discussion and she goes, 
And so her solution in her mind is, mom, can we please give them your cookbook? Like, can oh, we give them one of your books? I love so that. they know. Vani, I have to tell you the story. I have to. I just, I just have to. So, you know, I have a 11, eight and a five-year-old. Five-year-old, this is his first year in kindergarten. And so he was at Montessori school before. So he's in kindergarten and they do their first field trip. Their first field trip is a volunteering field trip where they pack snacks for underprivileged kids and they put a nice little like, you know, basket together for them. And um, so he's he's there, he's packing the snacks and he's doing all the things. And I ask him later, you know, Kalik, how was your day? How, how was the field trip? He goes, it was great, mom, but they were putting trash food in there for the kids. And I was like, Kalik, what did you say? And he said, they were putting trash food, it's trash. Daddy says it's trash. We're not supposed to eat that trash. And I was like, Khalik, no. And I had to really like think in my mind and hope that he wasn't saying this out loud at school to like, you know, everyone there as he's packing these these treat bags. And I was like, Khalik, sometimes, you know, people see this as a treat and it's okay every once in a while and you cannot call it trash food. And, you know, it was this whole process that I had to go through. But this is interesting because like you said, you don't want your daughter shaming other kids for the choices that their parents are making. At the same time, you want her to be knowledgeable and say, okay, these aren't necessarily the choices that we make at home. And so that's exactly that was that was something I just had to tell you. Yeah. Um, because it happened. Okay, this is the last story I have for you. And this is this is we're going to drop drop the mic on this one, but I'm interested to hear what you have to say. So a friend of mine, very good friend of mine, she was raised in a household where they were always conscious of what they ate. They ate always very healthy. Um, she grew up with like, you know, only knowing vegetables and, you know, uh, really, really healthy um, meal selections. And they did not eat processed foods in her house when she was growing up. And when she got to college, she went bananas. She went crazy. She ate all the fast food. She ate all the processed food. She went, I mean, she just, she just did it all because she wasn't exposed to it ever. So for her in college, she was like, I'm free, I'm free. And she did it all. And then years later after college, and, you know, once we became really great friends, she went back to what her mom had instilled in her in the very beginning. How would you feel if that was the story of your children? You know, as you were telling this, that's what I was trying to envision actually, is like, what if this happened to one of my kids, right? And I don't think it can. I honestly don't think it can because I've spent so much time educating them about the truth, about all of these different ingredients and products that there, I think there, they will go through that rebellious phase, but I bet they'll do it in some other portion of their life. I don't think it'll be through food because we still enjoy so much variety of foods. And I let my kids have dessert every single day. You know, yeah, it's a homemade cupcake we made, but I let them have dessert every single day. And so there's not a lot of deprivation happening in my house, even though it may look like that from the outside, because there's this whole grocery store full of food that we're not eating, right? Um, but we're still enjoying life. And so I, I think it's, you know, it's, it's in the way that you do it that matters. And I, I don't think I'll be like that. But if let's say it happens, right? I'm, I'm going to have to bite my tongue, right? <laughs> and I'm going to have to realize that 
I spent most of that child's life, you know, putting the great, you know, ingredients in her body and, and priming her body with good nutrition and all the good gut bacteria that she has in her body. That's and she's right. going to be able to handle it, right? And the, and the human body is so resilient. It can change and it can evolve and it can rebound from stuff like that. Like the fact that I've been able to rebound from years of that lifestyle is testament to what can happen for a human body. And, you know, and I, I, I just feel so healthy and like, you know, I don't have any health issues and it just feels so good to feel that way. Considering for most of my life, I had health issues and I was on nine prescription drugs, like insane. And now I'm on zero. So it's just, it's so cool. Such a beautiful journey. Spoken like a true parent. Spoken like someone who is instilling such a beautiful foundation in their children and now in your life. Um, and I'm sure all your friends and family. And listen, everyone who follows you, the millions of followers who follow you, you're instilling that within them too. And what a gift to be able to talk to you today. What a gift for this book food, babe, family. What a gift to everyone. Um, And I love how practical it is. And I will have to say, you sent me um, some Truvani bars that I have been devouring. Literally, it's been so good. And today it's funny because I've been out all morning and I came back and I was like, okay, we're doing a podcast. And I didn't have time to eat this morning breakfast. So, you know, I had my coffee and I grabbed one of the bars. And I loved it because it was on the go. It was easy. So definitely not to be a plug there, but it's it's actually really delicious. And I love the fact that it's only four or five ingredients. So it's... it's Yeah. And that, that was so important to me in creating a bar. I wanted it to be ingredients you would use in your own kitchen to make a bar right. because I never... I wasn't a bar person. Like I didn't like bars because they felt so processed and like kind of stale and they kind of sat there and there wasn't a lot of flavor. And it just, I don't know. I just hadn't been a bar person because I hadn't found a bar that I really, truly loved. And it was like, I love making bars though at home and with like real ingredients. And I love the way those taste. So like, why can't we create one that tastes like that? Yeah. And that has those type of ingredients. And every time we went to the food manufacturer with a replica of what I was making in my own kitchen, they would come back and they're like, that bar is going to be $28 a pop. And I'm oh. like, no, we cannot do this, right? Like it was just, you know, it was crazy yes. what, they wanted to do, what they wanted to do to it. And I, I just remember like, you know, the economics just did not work for the longest time. Yeah. And then we finally figured it out by combining dates and maple syrup, which is a natural sweetener. And we figured it out and we didn't have to use any additives, no preservatives and or natural flavors or any of that kind of stuff. And it's been so amazing because it's like ingredients you would find in your own kitchen, a bar that you can have on the go. And I feel good enough to give to my children. That's right. That's right. That's the key right there. Good enough that you feel to eat and to give to your kids. And that's an important note. I have to say, thank you, Vani. Thank you, Thank so, you much. so much. This is really, this has really been honestly a pleasure. I love talking to you and hearing your story and I can't wait to talk to you more. Thank you so much though. I really appreciate you. I'm Lizzie Mathis and you've been listening to another episode full of inspiration on the Cool Mom Code podcast with the food babe herself, Vani Hari. Be sure to hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your preferred platform so you won't miss out on what's coming up next. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.